Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was within a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. It's Game Dev Breakdown. Uh, I don't know why I hired Tim Kitzrow to do my intro. There's just no competing with that. Anyway, Todd Mitchell here. What's up, everybody? We are going to do a uh, quick one tonight before I leave town for the weekend. I've had kind of a crappy, <laughs> kind of crappy week. I'm looking forward to hitting the road with the family, hanging out for uh, Christmas. And I wasn't really sure what we would talk about today, but I actually found a topic that I love. Um, I found a post in a user group. A game designer asked Reddit how the other members of the group stay motivated to finish their projects. He says he's been working with GameMaker for over eight years, has trouble bringing himself to finish anything, and this is not uncommon at all. You probably know. If you develop games, think of how good you've gotten at starting a new project compared to how many you've finished, right? Uh, My repository directories on my hard drives are absolute graveyards. I have abandoned projects in every stage of the development life cycle. I, I think I found one folder completely empty recently. <laughs> That's a true story. Uh, I knew exactly what it was for and what I wanted to make, but I don't think anything even made it into that folder. So I thought this was a good question, uh, but I thought it, it's also complicated, and there are a few things I'd bring up to answer it. How do you stay motivated to finish your projects? There is a simple answer to this that I think is only like somewhat valuable, but I am going to start with it. To stay motivated to finish anything, your motivation level basically has to exceed a task's difficulty level until it's done. If you're motivated to eat, you've got this physical compulsion driving you to the fridge, and it's very easy to open that door and grab something. Uh, eating healthy is harder because it involves cooking and Taco Bell is right down the street. And God forbid, if you have like DoorDash in your area, like we do where you pull up your phone and tap a button in an app where a stranger goes to Taco Bell because you tapped that button and it's really, <laughs> it sounds nice, but it's no good for you. Let's say you're fasting. Like you want to lose some weight in a controlled way. Uh, this is the hardest of all because you have that physical compulsion. Once you're hungry and not tapping that button and not grabbing that snack, may very quickly exceed your willpower and your motivation to eventually get in great shape. If you're making a game, you are motivated to be a game designer with a finished game. You want that title to be official, and that would be great, and you could talk about it at parties, you could get verified on Twitter, Polygon would interview you and you tell your dad to F off or whatever. Where this gets complicated is the part where creating a video game is a monumental task. You have to design, develop, test, tweak, test again, launch, market, support a game before you can talk about your interesting new life over cocktails at a user group. So it's no mystery why it's hard to keep a level of motivation equal to or greater than that task for the six months or the one year or the four years that it takes to do that. Of course... Most people consistently lose motivation to finish a project like that. How would you not? The easy answer for me 
is something I've talked about on the podcast recently. Break it down into tasks. Your desire to have a finished game is greater than the difficulty involved in animating one character. See what I mean? It's greater than the difficulty involved in having one playtest session. You have to break down the process and you have to internalize the tasks that way. That is absolutely the way to complete a project step by step. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I really do this with a task board like we talked about in the recent uh, prototyping episode. And I sincerely do not think about it like I'm making a game all at once. Like that's daunting. That's too much. I think about it like, hey, I'm modeling a low poly generic 3D enemy in Blender today. That's all I'm doing. I'm having fun with it. Great. If you want to eat a bicycle, you have to file off little bits at a time. You can't just chop into it. It doesn't matter. Don't eat a bicycle. There's a more complicated answer that I think will take you a lot further. And if you find yourself having been a designer or a developer for a number of years, and you can never seem to bring yourself to finish that first big project or ship that game, this is for you. Keep an open mind when I say this, but you may be holding yourself back. And this gets a little more touchy-feely than we'd normally get around here. Uh, but there is some psychology in play that's absolutely true. I've experienced this. I've worked through this. And I will tell you how it works. I will present some information from people smarter than me, so you don't have to take my word for it. But here we go. So, in short, in a lot of different aspects of life. We spin our wheels, but we make sure we never gain too much traction. And there's usually some reason. It might be fear. It might be more complicated than that. I've heard a woman who was trying to lose a bunch of weight and she was talking about going through therapy about it and she was smart and she understood nutrition, taking the steps with diet and exercise, but she said she would go through these relapses where she'd basically do enough damage to keep herself from her own goal. And she said she determined with her therapist that she was afraid of getting positive attention from men as she got into better shape. I don't remember exactly what else she said. It may have been that she was in a really happy and comfortable relationship and she didn't want to complicate it by having other people sniffing around. I mean, it doesn't have to be an airtight, like super developed reason. Uh, sometimes we just have these fears or concerns that keep us stuck in place. And if you're creating a video game, for example, that you want to sell to people, I mean, that's scary. Seriously, you've seen what people on the internet are like. They get vindictive. They want refunds for ridiculous reasons. They review bomb. They harass and stalk and swat. <laughs> Maybe you're not even that comfortable with yourself in the first place that you would want negative or positive attention on you. Maybe it's strictly functional and you're a perfectionist and you feel like your work will never be good enough. Whatever it is, you may think you're putting your absolute all into something and the truth might be you're very carefully holding yourself back to avoid reaching that next level. Now let's talk about the science behind it, and let's talk about how to get through it. There is an article at VeryWellMind.com by Kendra Cherry, and medically reviewed by Stephen Gans, MD, called Self-Handicapping and Protecting the Ego at a Cost. They refer to this as self-handicapping, so that's what we'll be referring to it as. Uh, Kendra says that self-handicapping involves engaging in behaviors that sabotage your chances of success. When faced with an important exam, for example, students might stay out all night to avoid studying. Then when they do poorly, they can blame their own poor scores on their friends for keeping them out late rather than their own lack of intelligence. Ooh, that's harsh. Yikes. 
Self-handicapping allows people to find an outside source to blame for possible failures. And this concept is about protecting self-esteem. So you see, (laughs) succeeding at completing your own creative projects actually puts you in an even more vulnerable state. Now the world gets to see it. Like, are you ready for that? Are you ready for personal attention and YouTube reviews, random jackasses on Twitter? Uh, Who could ever really be ready for that, you know? So we self-sabotage by procrastinating. We convince ourselves we can't fix a project. We convince ourselves it doesn't have potential. And maybe it doesn't. But it's also possible you just aren't ready for the harsh light of day. And in case you think this is hippie nonsense, self-handicapping was first researched as a concept by Stephen Berglas and Edward Jones, probably not the accounting guy, in 1978. The article, which I will uh, link to, has a description of that study, which is, uh, it's interesting. It involves, like, students solving puzzles in a classroom. It's not super relevant here. But uh, anyway, the belief is that self-sabotage protects the ego by projecting failure on things outside our control. Kinder suggests in her article that this is basically automatic for some people, particularly those with very high self-esteem. Interesting. Uh, People who do not get control of self-handicapping spend less time on their craft, they have lesser results overall, and they're uh, even more likely to abuse substances like alcohol. In the worst cases, they may be perceived as whiners and are viewed more negatively by their peers. Yikes. When you get into these like medical journals and stuff, they, they do not pull punches about anything. So it's hard to read, but we're trying to get better, right? So... This sounds critical and harsh, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, I absolutely went through this. When I was creating my first commercial game, I had to drag myself kicking and screaming through this process. And frankly, I only got through it when my son and my wife were basically counting on me because they didn't understand why I kept saying I was working on this thing and I was going full indie, but I was just continually not getting it done. I did for them what I would never do for myself. I spent... The years between like 19 and what, like 32, not getting this done for myself, but I realized I care a lot more what these two people think of me, and I have their full confidence, by the way, but I care more about that than what I think about myself. I care more about that than what I think about anyone outside the house. And you know, I I did put out an educational indie game, so it's not really like judged and criticized the same way as something like a platformer or a shooter game, but that harsh light of day transition, it's a lot more gradual than you realize. It's easy to think about the worst cases we've ever heard about, all of the internet turning on someone and hate mail and death threats, or that person is launched into superstardom and their life is turned upside down. My friend Matt heard superstardom and he's thinking about Eminem right now. Shout out to Matt. And now he's laughing. Those things don't happen to virtually anyone is the point. Uh, Out here in the real world, it's a huge building process. You just transition from building your game to selling your game. Like literally like one unit at a time in conversations and on social media. And uh, if you're lucky, you might get to speak to a group or hold an event. And then just a lot of word of mouth happens if you've done a good job. By the time you get that feedback, good or bad, you're probably going to be more than ready. You're going to be, like, dying for it. Uh, A bigger problem is getting people to pay attention to what you did and share thoughts. Like, it's a great big world with great big saturation in basically all creative markets. 
and people probably don't care about what you're doing as much as you're worried about. And that's good news. I know it doesn't sound like good news. But what this means is you have time and space to perfect your craft and to do a good job and to build a reputation. And when those things are good enough, people will notice and you'll get that interaction, like good and bad. You'll probably be ready. You see developers on Twitter routinely in the right frame of mind. They joke off criticism. They have thoughtful discussions about constructive feedback they've received. They learn and they grow. And it's great. It's, I love to see it because it's great to see people in that right frame of mind. That reminds me, I have a show idea I want to throw out at the end. I hope I remember. But the short, easy answer to this is to make yourself ready for the next level. Figure out reasons you're not ready. Talk to people. If you have a therapist you're comfortable with, outstanding. Bring it up if it's never come up. If you have a significant other or a friend who you talk to about stuff like this, great. I mean, see what you can grind out. Write down things that cross your mind. Pay attention to odd thoughts that seem like nonsense. They may hold very specific answers. The Harvard Business Review posted a piece called Don't Sabotage Yourself. And it contains four steps you can take to overcome what they're referring to as self-handicapping. Number one, watch for warning signs. If you find yourself making excuses or distracting yourself with stuff, if you're procrastinating, it's time to recognize what you're doing and get back on course. Easier said than done, but that is the first step. Number two, use what the article calls what-ifs and if-onlys to generate goals instead of excuses. And I like this idea. If you find yourself saying stuff like, if only I had time to finish my game, you could just as easily say, what if I could clear two hours per day to work on my project? Now you have something you can work toward and achieve. Number three, recognize and manage negative emotions. This has a variety of forms, of course, but I think a big one for us is recognizing the feeling of being overwhelmed before we get up from our desk over it. When you feel that coming, identify something small you can do or something you can research so you can keep working and keep going. That is a muscle that you can train and it'll get stronger as you work on it. Number four, go for mastery. For our purposes, I say think about mastering the craft. Appreciate the journey even when you're not sure about the project overall. The great thing about creating a game is it gives you exposure to so many problems to solve and little puzzles to figure out, and you can only find these opportunities neck deep in a project, and it's so good for you. Be grateful for that journey. Appreciate that process. You'll learn more in a week in that phase of a project than six months anywhere else. Believe me, some of you know what I'm talking about. If you're an adult, you've probably developed this tendency over decades, and naturally it takes some conscious work to overcome this. I have pushed through it on projects, and I still fight it all the time. But my life is many times better now that I know about this problem than it was when I thought I just sucked at everything. Uh, you can't beat yourself up about this. It's natural. Every time you identify part of this problem and prevent it or correct it or even work on it, that is a victory. And keep at it. Eventually, you will find yourself at the finish line more and more often. That idea I had, I would love to do a show full of the just worst, meanest, most terrible feedback people have gotten on their projects or their games. I've got some good ones. If I include my freelance writing, I have very good ones. 
<laughs> and my podcasting. <laughs> but if you have terrible feedback you've received over something you have done, I would. And, and I mean, if it's not going to bum yet, if enough time has passed and enough perspective has been gained that you can laugh at it and it's, you know, if it bums you out, obviously don't don't. That's not what we're talking about. But if you've got something you can laugh about that might make others laugh that we might enjoy together and laugh with you and not at you, I would love to do a show of just awful feedback people have gotten. And if it's anything I can read out loud and and I don't I don't have a lot of um, limitations on what I can read out loud. If I put up that explicit tag. Feel free to send that my way. And after that, we'll do, you know, best, nicest feedback. And we can talk about that. You know, we can actually take something away from that. But that's it. Really quickly, I want to give shout outs to my buddy Bill, a.k.a. Hazard, who just launched a podcast called In the Meantime. He said some very flattering things about me and this podcast in the first episode. And the check is in the mail. My uh, my buddy Matt, a.k.a. OHC Miss. <laughs> This is a hard screen name, and I wish he would change it. <laughs> My buddy Matt, and known as OHC underscore Mr. Day. OHC underscore Mr. Day. M-R-D-A-Y. Has been streaming his butt off on Mixer, and he works super hard at it. So if game streams are something you're into, um, I can be found uh, co-streaming with him on Mixer several times a week. And uh, that might be something you like. If you enjoy Game Dev Breakdown, we would love to have you subscribe, rate and review it if you get a free moment, and shoot over thoughts and topics to at CodeWritePlay on Twitter. CodeWritePlay.com is the website where you can get show notes and other articles. You can find even more ways to get involved at our Patreon group at patreon.com slash CodeWritePlay. More shows, more guests, more projects coming up. I am out for the weekend. Catch you soon.